Hi, I'm Travis Foray, and this is the Returns Management Podcast by Return Logic, the show where we connect e-commerce store owners together through casual discussion and examine current myths and trends to keep you up to date on everything happening in the e-commerce world. On today's episode, we're discussing sustainability in e-commerce, the effect it has on retailers, and what retailers can do to fix this issue. My name is Travis Foray, and I'm a product marketing specialist here at Return Logic. And today, I am joined by David Gonzalez, senior growth marketer here at Return Logic. So without further ado, let's get this show started. To begin today's show, we're first going to start by defining the scope of impact that returns have on sustainability and the planet. That's right, Travis. So the carbon footprint that returns leave is astronomical. In fact, I was reading in Retail Dive that in 2020, consumers return over $428 billion worth of products, with only about 50% or half of those return products making it back on the shelves. So that means half of that ended up in landfills. Wow, yeah, that's really crazy to think about. I know as a consumer myself, if I'm going to make an exchange, I'm assuming that product's going to be resold and not end up in a landfill. But as you just mentioned, about 50% of return products end up in landfills. So actually to build off what you just said, I read some research that was conducted by Optoro that stated that each year in the U.S., 5 billion pounds of return goods end up in landfills. So if you take that percentage that you mentioned, 50%, and turn it into a number, it's going to be around 5 billion pounds of those returned goods that actually end up in landfills. And that's also not to mention the 15 million metric tons of carbon dioxide that are also emitted just in the transportation of returns. That carbon footprint that returns leave is, is obviously a huge issue that needs to be addressed. Uh, not to mention just the cost of returns as well. So the cost of inspecting that good, repackaging it, getting it back on the shelf, the reverse logistics, all of that can even outweigh the value of the good, um, the good from the return being sold a second time. So consumers have environmental concerns about the way they shop, environmental concerns about e-commerce, but they just don't understand that linkage yet. But Travis, before we dive into that, why has this become such a big problem to begin with? That's a great question, David. I believe it comes down to a few things. Number one is the explosive growth of e-commerce. We had this worldwide pandemic that shut down stores, shut down restaurants, you know, lock-ins were in effect. People were forced to stay inside. And so they logged onto their computers and started checking out some of these online stores. And they quickly realized there's a lot more options. There's a lot more colors, sizes. And just in general, people realized that they like shopping online versus in brick and mortar stores like in the past. And we know that e-commerce tends to have higher return rates just because of not being able to see the product, feel the product, try it on, things like that. And due to those you know, returns that is caused by this explosive growth of e-commerce, that puts an, uh, a strain on the environment. And number two is how retailers handle returns. The rise of sales and the rise of using exchanges as a preference for retailers definitely has an impact on the environment. Exchanges definitely make sense for retaining revenue, increasing sales, etc. However, 
Uh, what we need to think about is that every time an exchange is made, an item has to get sent back. A truck needs to pick that item up and deliver it back to the warehouse. Then the warehouse team has to inspect it, decide what to do with it, and more often than not, that product's going to end up in a landfill. Let's actually look at Amazon for an example. Most packages that Amazon sends out are sent out in boxes. I know I've received them before. You probably have as well. It's usually a brown box with their little smiley logo on the side. The problem is, is that the shopper's typical behavior is just to rip that box open and throw it away. And ultimately, that box is going to end up in a landfill. So now we have the original package that the shopper is ripping open and throwing away. That's wasted. When they want to return the item, they now have to find a new package and send it back to the warehouse, which when the warehouse team receives it, is going to open that package up, throw that box away, and possibly even discard the product as well. So that's a lot of waste. Now imagine this happening a million times a day. Exactly. And those are some great issues that you just discussed. And the other point I want to highlight here is there is that disconnect with buyers still. So like we were alluding to earlier, buyers just don't know any better. They don't have the education on what actually happens when they return something. So 90% of shoppers think returns get restocked immediately. However, 25 returns come back to a retailer and aren't able to be restocked. So they end up in landfills, like we mentioned. Furthermore, that 75% that isn't thrown out isn't just simply restocked. So like we've been saying, it gets vetted. What condition is it in? Can it be restocked? Where should it be stocked? So you can see that it's not profitable. So large retailers tend to just throw away goods because the cost is lower than finding another sales or recycling channel. So obviously this can take a huge hit to retailers' margins, but Travis, why else should they care about this? That's another great question, David. I think the biggest reason is, is that this is our planet, we live on it, and we need to take care of it. And we've seen in the past what happens when we don't take care of our planet. And our shoppers know that as well. In fact, consumer behavior is one of the biggest factors in deciding to become more sustainable for a lot of businesses. I actually read an article by strategybusiness.com that said in 2019, 35% of respondents said that they actually choose sustainable products to help protect the environment. 37% said that they looked for products with environmentally friendly packaging. And 41% said that they actually avoided the use of plastics whenever they could. Yeah, wow, that's a lot of stats. Why don't you keep them rolling? Yeah, of course. Actually, according to those same findings, 78% of people are more likely to purchase a product that is clearly labeled as environmentally friendly. 75% of millennials are actually willing to pay more for an environmentally sustainable product. 77% of Americans are concerned about the environmental impact of the products they buy. And 76% of Americans said that they would actually switch their preferred brand if they were offsetting carbon emissions. Those are some great stats. Thank you. Uh, but it is a catch-22, right? So shoppers want sustainability. Retailers want to practice sustainability. But like we established for every exchange, driver has to go pick up that package, get it back to the warehouse. Warehouse team decides what to do with it. And with every exchange that happens, there's more of an impact this has on the environment. So what can this lead to? 
Unfortunately, it's an effect called greenwashing. Greenwashing is where a company spends more time and money on advertising the fact they're environmentally friendly as opposed to actually offsetting their carbon footprint. So maybe the answer to this problem doesn't lie in incentivizing more exchanges. Maybe the answer lies in data. So some listeners aren't going to like to hear this, but two thirds or 66% of the time, a return is a retailer's fault. 23% of the time, a shopper received the wrong item. 22% of the time, the item wasn't depicted correctly on the website. 20% of the time, a shopper received a damaged item. And depending on which studies you read, some studies even show that eight out of the top 10 reasons for returning an item are completely controllable by the retailer. So quick question for you, David. If all of these things are in the retailer's control, then what can they do about it? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think uh, the person that answered this best is probably Michael Relic. So he's the co-CEO at PacSun. And uh, the way that he framed this is perfect. He said, everyone's focused on what were my sales yesterday, but nobody stops and says, what were my returns yesterday? And the big reason why is because data is siloed throughout the organization. It's not easy to go and actually pull all the data necessary to find out what's driving returns. It's very onerous. So it's kind of like taking out the garbage. People tend to ignore it. So I love that quote. It's perfect. So like we highlighted earlier, between 66 to 80% of return products are within the retailer's control. So the first step for both retailers and shoppers is education. But retailers need to know why returns are coming back so that they can be addressed. The shopper needs to be aware of the cost of their returned item so they can make an informed decision on what they want to do. But it's not just return reasons alone. In general, e-commerce returns produce 15% more landfill waste than brick and mortar. Why? It's simple. It's inefficiencies in the reverse logistics. So. What retailers can do is in addition to auditing their return reasons and returns data, they can look at the reverse logistic costs. And there are some new tools that returns management companies have come up with as well to help this issue. Yeah, that's a great call out. There's definitely tools out there and other ways that retailers can become more sustainable. The first one that comes to mind for me is eco-friendly packaging. Earlier, we discussed the typical shopper behavior is to open up the package and then throw it away. So something like biodegradable bags can have a huge impact on the sustainability of a business. That and fitting more items into a single package. I mean, how many times have you ordered three or four items online and you receive them all on a separate day, all in a separate package? So being able to fit more items and then only shipping out one box can also have a huge impact. Then more on the returns management side, I mean, there's a lot of use cases for returns data, so you can use returns data to improve your product descriptions. So taking a look at your returns data to see if a lot of shoppers are saying that the item didn't look like the picture online or the quality was depicted incorrectly, being able to set those expectations, improve those product descriptions so that when your shopper receives that product, they know what they're getting, their expectations are set, and they're more happy with the product and less likely to return it. Beyond that, there's improving the actual quality of the products. So if you look back at your returns data and you can see that a lot of people are returning a specific shirt because it's damaged, well, maybe that has a quality issue and every time it's getting sent out, when it's shipped, it's being ripped. So 
that's never going to change unless we actually improve the quality of that product and make sure it's not getting damaged in transit. Then there's improving your reverse logistics and efficiencies. So you can look back at your returns data to figure out if your 3PL or shipping carriers are taking too long to get your items back to the warehouse or taking too long to get the right item back to the shopper. I think it's super important to create workflows to get returns back as fast as possible because that actually improves the odds of them being able to be resold. Then there's things like AI routing. So instead of just randomly guessing where a return goes, you can use AI to help figure out where the closest warehouse is or just where's the best bet for someone to return an item. Something like printerless returns. So to some extent, overall less paper is used with printerless returns. And consumers also have more eco-friendly cars, which produce less emissions than trucks when they actually take their items back to a drop-off location. And this is just some of the tools or ways that you can become more sustainable. I imagine more will even pop up as this problem gets bigger and bigger. Unless returns management companies act and innovate now, the issue is going to continue to spiral out of control. Don't be a greenwasher. Improve your processes. Become more environmentally friendly. Walk the walk. Don't talk the talk. Thanks for listening. Catch another episode, learn more at returnlogic.com, and find us on YouTube. And I'll see you back here on the Returns Management Podcast.